The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Holidays to everyone. Welcome back to the show on a Friday. Uh, this special holiday episode is brought to you by my lovely guest, author of Bastards of the Revolution and the upcoming book, Columba Day, A Pigeon Mystery. I'm I'm kidding. I made that I made the second one up. I made the second one up. It's Press Maxon. What's up? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, but now I might be inspired to write Columba Day. You never know. Mm-hmm. You, you you foreshadow episodes of my show. I'm going to foreshadow books that you write. I, there you go. That, that's fair. That is that is 100% <laughs> fair. Maybe Netflix kind of. can give you the, the Ryan Johnson deal and you can get like a bunch of millions to make sequels to your mysteries. Let's, let's hope. But so far, Netflix has shown zero interest in me mm. other than re- renewing my subscription. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so the, like I mentioned, we're discussing today the 1987 television special, A Muppet Family Christmas. Friday. A very good Christmas treat. A holiday treat that's meant to be shared. It's time I gave you your present. <laughs> Gather around for a Muppet Family Christmas. And you foreshadowed or planted the seed for this back in February of this year, so like 10 months ago, and I stuck to it. Good, good. Thank you. And Thank you were like, you. Well, you, don't, you don't have to do that. You can cut I'm not, nope. I'm going to stick to it because that's a good idea. Well, um, it's that time of year. Yeah. And you don't have the holiday season without a Muppet family Christmas. <laughs> Call it my personal hot take if you want, but this is the best Muppet holiday product that has ever been released. And oh, I, the Christmas Carol stands are going to come after you at Press Maxon at tw- I, on Twitter. I <laughs> hope they do. Come at me, you little B-words, because this is pure gold. It's pure gold. It's pure gold. So, uh, yeah, what, what dro- draws you to this one? Okay. My story begins back in Ought 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know, maybe ought to, I can't remember, but I was at the University of Iowa, a fresh-faced young collegian with the whole world ahead of me, really. Okay. And one day I'm walking through the bookstore at on campus, and there in the, the DVD bin is a DVD for the Muppet Family Christmas. Okay. And I was, and I remembered at the time, I was kind of like, well, you know, did I... I kind of thought, did I uh, see this when I was a kid? Like, the cover looked familiar. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got home and put it in, I lay down in bed and I put it in. And I just remember thinking, yes, I remembered it from when I was a kid, but not well enough to be able to just know what was going to happen. So I was kind of rewatching right. it for the first time. And it was the 
I think the DVD was the actual like a truncated cut. The VHS, can, yeah, I was gonna talk about, yeah, too, yeah, but yeah, we can talk. And about I was that right so now, yeah. disappointed. I was so disappointed that it was only forty five minutes. I was like, this is amazing. Like it has what draws me to it. To answer your question, it's got a nice like home kind of feel Mm -hmm. uh it's almost like an episode in a bottle thing where they show up and yeah you cut away to piggy every now and then but it's really just Mm -hmm. what happens in this one location to one group of characters and i think the biggest charming thing for me was already by the time i was in college i mean obviously jim henson had passed you know a decade and a half earlier or something but this was all original voices and cast you mm-hmm. know henson frank oz the whole crew yep and um that's i mean when you watch a muppet movie nowadays you don't get that and so it it just teleported me right back yeah and there's a lot more i can say about it but that answers the question that's why i continue to be drawn to it now yeah and i i similar to you when i watched it for this i was like i think i saw it like there were glimpses that were striking me as familiar but not as a whole like i don't know i was five when it aired um if i caught it on a re-airing i don't know Uh, whether or not i did it doesn't matter because it fucking rules um yeah it's really awesome uh and like yeah there's something about the idea of the the Christmas special on television that's absent nowadays. Um, I don't know that they they do something like this where everyone would gather around. I will say that the Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy holiday special got it right in terms of these kind of things. They, I, it, it, I it, agree. It felt very a- akin to these. And by the way, be- shout out to my man Murray. Bass player of the old 97s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the Garden Guardians of the Galaxy. And they, I totally agree. The special nailed it. My, the band nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, I, I'm a bigger fan of the old 97s than I am Garden of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so I agree. But like, didn't this take you back to a time when you did? When, I mean, I remember I got the TV guide. I would have been eight when this came mm-hmm. out. I got the TV guide. You see it coming up. They're on the cover. There's a little blurb about them inside. And it was just like, whatever night of the week it was, like, I am ready for Friday night. I know where I'm going to be Friday night at 8 p.m. or whenever Mm -hmm. it aired. Well, you swear it's part of the magic. You scouted these things like when you were a kid. Because you didn't, because I would be like, okay, I need to see. Rudolph, when's that one coming on? Frosty. There was also um, any any of the like Rankin Bass ones with the like the stop, original Grinch. Stop, yeah, stop motion stuff. Yeah, the Grinch, uh, the stop motion stuff. Like I I had to watch that one. The Disney Christmas Carol one uh, with Mickey Mouse scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> that one I had to dare myself to watch every year. Um, then there would always be those variety show specials that were just garbage, but we loved them. You know, oh, or they're same. just like filming a stage or something, and you know same. the Smothers Brothers like Christmas special. Like it yeah. was like the junkiest. I mean, those were enormous. Those started dying out in the eighties at some point. They were like the Hangover from the seventies, where it's just like we're just gonna have celebrities on stage and sketches and musical numbers, and there you go. That's what you're yep. getting. But um, yeah, they would like, California Raisins. They had a Christmas special. 
Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. <laughs> one of my favorites I've mentioned on here before is the Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse Christmas special. That's a really great one. Or holiday I mean, special. I think he just called that holiday special because right. he, he talks about Hanukkah and stuff in that one too. Um, that one's great. And my kids, we've already watched it this year. Uh, just to follow up with my um, listeners when I was talking about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, they were we went to put up our, our tree um, and they, they wanted to watch Pee Wee immediately. That was the go-to. So mm. that's and it's a good special. It's well, we are. So cool. I feel like we're awash in in, in childhood holiday mm-hmm. special charm, uh, which I mean to to bring it back to the Muppets here. I mean they are. I mean they are the perfect embodiment because I don't remember what year Henson died. I want to say eighty nine or ninety. It was. It was like in the. He was. He died when he was uh, making the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie because he did the oh. turtles for that. And oh, that's basically what killed him because he was overworking himself and he wouldn't go to the hospital. Um, so that mm. was the movie he he died. It was the last movie um, he was working on when he died. So it was like 90 or 91. I was going to say it would have to be 91 at the think, very latest. I, think, I remember my mom picking me up from school and on the way home in the car, like breaking the news. Yeah, it was really 1990. That's when he, he passed yeah. away. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah, that just... It, it, tragedy for all everyone like it was the world wasn't the same without jim henson well for anyone who has not seen anyone listening who's not seen a muppet family christmas here's why another reason you're in for a treat not only is it a nice little plot i mean it's got it's super well written super tight in terms of just quick little gags but still plot pushes along Mm -hmm. there is one plot hole that that i will address you know shortly but it's so charming you can't you, you ignore the plot hole, um, but another big thing is that Henson himself has a cameo here. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's and that's also charming. Like you really believe for one second that these that this is his family, and you know you know someone's got to do the dishes, and that's you know crazy. come on come on. Sprocket, I'll wash you dry. You know, <laughs> he, he dies three years later. Now I'm thinking about it after this airs. Like mm-hmm. that's insane. Like that's just like yeah, he's only gonna be around three more years. Like what? I know. No. Um, before I forget, I don't want to not credit people for this movie. Um, as we're talking about it, but uh, directed by Peter Harris and Eric Till, written by Jerry Jewell, bunch of mm-hmm. Muppet alumni, Classic alumnus Muppet people. people yep. Um, start you know Jim Henson, Frank Oz, Richard Hunt, Catherine Mullen. David Goles, Jerry Nelson, Karen Prell, Stephen Whitmore, uh, Gerard Parks, and Carol Spinney um, round out the cast. Uh, Kermit and his friends spend Christmas staging a surprise visit to Fozzie Bear's Mother's Farm, airing December 16th, 1987. We are very, we are like so close to hitting this on the 25th anniversary. Like, <sighs> so close to with this dropping. This episode, you're listening to it on... Friday, December twenty third. It would have been a week ago. <laughs> oh man! But I wanted this, 20, this to drop. Say, well, let's just say we're celebrating twenty five years. Twenty five I mean, years of a Muppet Family Christmas. But yeah, and oh yeah, wait. Not I'm sorry. Not twenty five years. Thirty five years. Right? Thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. Sorry, twenty five wouldn't be ninety seven. So thirty five right. years. I've never bragged about being a mathematician or good at math. <laughs> uh, I gotta say too. Uh, we're dodging something big about this. This is a crossover 
movie of all these things. We have, True. we have, and this is what caused the problems for your DVD uh, and the VHS release of it. Uh, you not only have the Muppets, you have the Fraggle Rock uh, crew, um, and you have the Sesame Street gang yep. show up in this movie. So you get them all, yep. but then all of them's rights would split sometime after this, and therefore couldn't be seen or sold with this. So it was cut to remove the Sesame Street people. And the Fraggle Rock people, which I don't know how they did the Fraggle Rock because the freaking old man, um, he's Doc such a he's dog. such a key, right? He's, he's a key player here. Yeah, so I don't know how your DVD went for that, but luckily, if you go on YouTube, you have the full version there. Though apparently, recorded versions of the of the actual uh, airing and stuff uh, apparently went for a lot of money on eBay for a while. So even my DVD went for like a hundred plus bucks on eBay shortly after, you know, I realized Mm -hmm. I had something special. I call it within the first like 10 years, you know? Yeah. I, uh, my, so, so actually my, um, my DVD was not that badly truncated. Okay. It still had the fraggles, still had all Sesame street. The, the stuff that was, um, Let's see. The stuff that was uh, truncated was there was an entire song with Fozzie and his snowman outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that, that song got cut, and then there was a Rolf song, I think Sleigh Ride. He... Uh, okay. he when he sits down at the piano, he's like, I love auto-tune pianos! And he like starts like a song, and... That the DVD cut away to something else, but he like really did play that song. That was the right. only two spots that weren't on the DVD. Was the snowman like a considered a fraggle? <laughs> Is that why he got? I I don't like, know. I mean, the like, snowman was still in it. It was just his song. That oh, was cut. okay. So, so uh, cut for t- maybe the, maybe cut maybe for t- was there? I wonder if there was a glimpse of some other character that couldn't be seen during it, and so they just decided they couldn't chop the song or something. So they just. Yeah, maybe they didn't know. want to go back to like the master and re-edit the thing, so they just chopped right. rather than rather than Perhaps. trimming. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of the old man, here's like, here's the funny thing about him, and here's where we can talk about. I think one of the things that also originally drew me to this was that because it was a TV special mm-hmm. and not a perfectly shot, perfectly conceived movie. Is that it's a little flawed at times. Like for instance, it was a puppet set too. Like right, <laughs> right, right, right. Are, yeah. Which I also thought was like really kind of charming. But but when I say flawed, I mean like there, and we can talk about this more in a second too. But there are one or two tiny places where, if you're watching really carefully or has seen it as many times as I have, mm-hmm. you can glimpse the tops of heads. Or in one case, oh okay. In one case, a full-on human puppeteer's face that made oh, it through to the final cut. Okay. Yeah, it's like the holy grail of Muppet mistakes, and and it's in here, you know. Uh, but speaking of the old man, like let's go there first. The only plot hole here is that he's like, "You promised me a nice, quiet Christmas," you know, and she's like, "You know, you know." My son brought all his friends along, and then Statler and Waldorf come to the door. Yep. And Fozzie's like, Statler and Waldorf, what are you doing here? And they're like, 
They're like, oh, and, and his mom, Fozzie's mom's like, I invite them every Christmas. And it's like, well, what are Statler and Waldorf doing here then if you were off to Malibu? Did you invite right. them? Did you invite them? And the joke was that you were going to be gone? That's cruel. Or you know? maybe they so, go, maybe they stop and they meet there and then they go to they go to Malibu with his mom. Oh, now that's messed up. That is, <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. The implications what? in that Old relationship. people on vacations. Okay, two old dudes and one old lady meet at her place. I don't know. And then I they go know. to the Malibu. Yeah, well, I don't guess, know. I don't know. Um, um, but uh, I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I do like. I mean, the actor. I don't remember the actor's name who plays the Fraggle Rock old guy. Um, oh, uh, the guy who plays Doc. Yeah, um, that his name is Gerard Parks. Okay, and he. What he's in some movie where he's like just goes crazy cussing up a storm. It's not it's not Boondock Saints. Saints. Is yeah, Boondock Saints. Is it fuck ass? Yeah, right. Yep. And so so I remember I actually saw Boondock Saints uh, after I mean obviously after this and I was, it was a shock to my system. It was like a fragile <laughs> rock. I could do that. Yeah. But I think he handles it nicely the way he like tur- he starts out maybe in sort of an adversarial role, mm-hmm. but then in the end like really like kind of embraces the family thing and is like oh here we are we're part of it you know. Well, and he helps. Yeah, Miss Piggy gets caught out in the cold, and he's like, "No, I got this. Don't you yeah. worry." He's like, "No, yeah, that's what we do. People exactly. need help. We got to help them." Exactly. So here's here's my. My last thing about it being flawed, and here's we're coming back to seeing tops of heads, and mm-hmm. like there's a kitchen scene. I think it's when Fozzie and Kermit, when Fozzie's trying to get Kermit to come outside and hear his routine with the snowman, and Kermit's like, "I'm all ears," and Fozzie's like, "Frogs don't even have ears." Uh, it, it's right in that moment. Like I think it's right in that moment. You can see the top of Frank Oz's head. Oh. Frank Oz, who. Who, the man whose hand I shook at uh, South by Southwest in 2019, the hand of Yoda, the hand of Fozzie Bear, the hand of Bert. Uh, the man who the directed of, the Dark Crystal. The man who directed What About Bob? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of awesome cred, uh, Hollywood cred. But you can see the top of his head. But there's a moment. Here's my like big. That's not a million dollar idea. It's just my big, like, mm-hmm. funny idea. I really get into like sleuthing things that don't like need to be sleuthed. For a quick example, this picture of Wrigley Field here, yeah, uh, on my wall is not labeled with a date. So, using just what's in the picture, I did a whole investigation into can I figure out what date it is? Oh, wow. And it took me like a day or two, but I figured it out based on, because you can't read it, the, the scoreboard is so small, you can't read it, mm-hmm. but based on, on um, the name on the back of a jersey, based on what the buildings look like behind the behind the um, the outfield wall, it's like I was able to, based on the number of the player who's up to bat, I, I pinpointed it. Mm-hmm. So my I thought like, okay, like if I'm going to, I'm always looking for... You know, how do I, what's the next thing I'm going to write? Is it a book? Like, and I have a lot of writer friends who sustainably like write a column or write like a weekly thing. And I just don't know if that's the kind of writer I am. But I asked myself recently, what if I was going to do that? What kind of writer am I? And I'm not the kind of writer that just writes about 
like my like nothing or how I'm feeling or wax is poetic about some like philosophical idea. Yeah. It just never clicked with me. And so part of me was like, I should write about stuff that like I sleuth out like the ridiculous lengths I've gone to, to answer questions that nobody's asking, you know? Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, like, okay, the first one is perfect. It's a Muppet family Christmas. I need to find out. I need to find the woman puppeteer whose face appears by accident in the crowd scene when they're coming in the door. <laughs> and I need to find out who she is. I need to send her an email and see if I can like communicate with her. And I've done a little sleuthing, but it's hard. I haven't figured it out yet. Well, I think you've got the basis for how to start Columba Day, a pigeon mystery. I love so it. Just oh, throwing man. it out there. How the character gets involved. Right. <laughs> So if anyone wants to find this woman, here's the moment it happens. The uh, Fozzie comes in and mm-hmm. surprises his mom. And they're both like, ah, and and he's like, mom, I haven't told you the best part. I brought my friends with me. And like, here comes Kermit hopping in. He's like, yep. Merry Christmas. And then he hits the icy patch. And everybody starts coming in the door. And one by one, Muppets start falling on the icy patch. And um, Beaker comes in. Um, and as soon as Beaker comes to the door, gets up from the icy patch, Beaker like turns. And in the very bottom right hand corner, as all these Muppets are coming through the door, you see a human face like also coming through the door, yes. like looking up and kind of smiling. And it, it it happens in a blink, but it's a woman with sort of like a fair faucet haircut because that's like what was going on oh, in the yeah. 80s. Feathered you know? up, and yeah. Feathered up. And she's like clearly having a good time. Like you can't tell who she's operating because mm-hmm. it's a whole crowd of Muppets, but she's like kind of inching through the door with all of them. And it's the kind of thing where if you're an editor, you probably, or if you're the director in the moment, you probably don't notice her and probably don't realize you need to reshoot and it makes it all the way, you know? Hmm. Um. So yeah, I've always been like, who is that woman? And I looked up as many of the women from the credits that I could. The puppeteers. Yeah, the puppeteers. But, I mean, here's a scene where you've got 20 Muppets acting individually. And right. I was like, that, that, that could be like a production assistant or something that's uncredited. Like, you just don't know, you know? Or I wonder so if I'm, they had, I'm still like, figuring that one out. I wonder if they had a device for, like, when a crowd of Muppets, like, they all get on this, like, spindle type, type thing. Yeah. And, like, all wave back and forth or something. And, like, and there's, like, couple people just marching them Maybe. through on some sort of thing but hmm i mean what so what i Who have in my woman? head for what you're describing what i have in my head for what you're describing is like the scene when the um when the sesame street gang arrives they're mm-hmm. coming down like two diagonal lines and they're they're all like hopping right, yeah. in you know dur, 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 but, like as yeah right but the this coming in too, the door yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this coming in the door, though, right at the beginning, I don't remember the exact timestamp on YouTube, but when they come in the door right at the beginning, it's like, that's the, it's so random. Like, you believe a crowd of Muppets individually with individual motor functions are coming through the door, which leads me to believe it could have just been like a full-blown crowd of production assistants or like someone's son or daughter just who has an empty hand to like bring it like hop a muppet through a door you know Um, right no there's probably like the guy giving the coach coach type speech of like all right 
You guys, it's going to get crowded. Some of you are going to bump each other, step on each other, whatever. Just right. for the love of the game, for the art, you got to keep this. Yep. Just keep keep your faces. Everybody's happy. Just keep it going. Just keep it going. Just keep going, and going you, through. You got to believe there was a production assistant somewhere along the line who was like, yeah, I got to be Gonzo for for one take. Right. You know, I, I got gonna to do a be... whole convention circuit. Gonzo. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, we got Margaret's face in there for like a split second. Is that gonna... no, exactly? But then also too, they like back in the day with like things like this, they would let they would know things would be there and let them go because these were going to be seen on only like small t- CRT exactly. TVs, it's broadcast one time basically anal- yep. analog, and nobody's going to catch it. No one's going to see it. Who's how many yep. people are going to tape it? Like. That, that's the thing and then as as time goes by clarity gets better thing like i don't mm-hmm. know if this has ever been fully remastered but yeah people are gonna yeah they never imagined people they probably never imagined there would be a fully dedicated amateur hour podcast dedicated to talking about it with two guys talking about the, it. i think i really dropped the ball because the dream is to find that woman and have her talking with us right now that was this, yeah it's all good. We'll find her. We'll we'll catch up with her. I, I love it. We'll catch up with her. Maybe she did some other Muppet specials. By the way, Frank Oz, director of Bowfinger, that movie rules. Check it out. Um, really, anyway, Bowfinger, Bowfinger, Bowfinger. Yes. Uh, Bowfinger yeah. is a restaurant in Paris spelled Bowfinger. Oh, really? For a while, we thought it was pronounced Bowfinger, but it's not. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna make a great piece of Columbus Day. Anyway. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Uh, the details. Um, well, well, let me go on record as also saying, and I don't, I don't, I don't care if there's a hot take or not. I know that Muppet Christmas Carol has a lot of has a lot of traction. Okay, but there there are other Muppet Christmas uh, products out there. Yes, or yes. Films, whatever. I, I am, and I'm trying to remember what they're called. But there's like there's like a Muppet Christmas Letters to Santa or something. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's like sort of one more that I'm missing that might just be Merry Christmas from the Muppets or something. I, I'm trying to remember the so um, there is a lot of Muppets like they were they yeah. are a a a holiday commodity. Um, I'm going to tell you every one of them because yeah, well the Muppet Christmas Carol though there are a lot of other takes on the Christmas carols. So yeah. like you can go with theirs, you can go with other ones. There's um yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a very Muppet a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Mhm. Uh, I think I remember that one. A Muppet's uh let's see. A Muppet's Christmas Letters to Santa, The yeah, Bells of Fraggle Rock. A mm. John Denver and the Muppets a Christmas together. These might be albums. Well, that one, um, that album. If you can find the the John Denver Muppets album, I mean that's gold. Like that's holiday gold right there. Gotcha. Uh, the, there's also a Sesame Street television special. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to say Christmas comes to Christmas Sesame Eve Street. on Christmas Eve. That's on it. Sesame Christmas Street. Eve on mm-hmm. Sesame Street. That is extremely charming. But most of the other Christmas stuff from the Muppets, obviously a Muppet Christmas Carol is very good, mm-hmm. but I stand by what I said earlier. I think I think it's trumped by Muppet Family Christmas. But I mean, most because of that other is, stuff really is, left me wanting more 
more of the Muppet Family Christmas and it's just like other stuff. Like Letters to Santa, a very merry, like both of those yeah. I was not a huge fan of. Well, there's a looseness and a zaniness that goes with the Muppets that's here that doesn't happen in one something that's more structured like a Christmas Carol that has to follow it's along true. with the story and hit those beats and play tears a bit. And this is just kind of all right, here's a scenario. Let's let the Muppets fly. Not like they're doing improv or anything, but um, right. it feels just like a natural 45 minutes of chaos. Just, we're going to start here. We're going to get here. And, you know, things like one thing that happens with these special studios, you know, got to have the songs. You got to have Christmas songs. Do they do original songs here or do they do, um, you know, your normal, uh, your classics, which they go for classics here. And I was counting mm-hmm. down. I was like, I was like, they start with uh, "We Need a Little Christmas to Open," which is great. Just watching Muppets, in, Muppets in a truck singing it, and I yep. love the idea, the the way it's shot here because they they got to run the credits for it during it, and mm-hmm. they just have this one like kind of shot of the truck that won't show you the road or tires, but it has to show all of them in the vehicle, and then it has just a couple other angles of things. But today it would be like so overdone. But I like the, <laughs> yeah. we are have limitations and this is what we can give you with this. Right. I love that about it. Um, but they go through and I was counting. I'm like, oh, there are like seven songs. They could release an album to go with the special. And then this movie hits a point. It's got like 12 minutes left. And the rem- 10 of the remaining 12 is just a concert. Choir song, songs, 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 songs. Yeah. Song, song. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. And it's kind of awesome. Like it's hey, super you, awesome. I mean, they cover all the classics, I yes. feel like, in this movie. Like, all right, they, we missed really... here's the ones we missed, and we're gonna right. do them now. Right. But, and there's all different styles. There's the um oh, what's the band called? Gosh damn it. With uh Animal and all them. What's their name? Yeah, uh Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Doctor, yeah, that uh yeah. apparently there was randomly there was gonna be a uh they were going to do like a tour for them or something like what? 10 years ago. And like my morning jacket was going to do the, the band portion of it for it or something. Wow. Yeah. Like it was like something crazy. I'd never pan- I don't think it panned out, but there was a, there was a thing they were going to do with my morning jacket was going to do with, um, Dr. Teeth. Yeah. Uh, wow. so they show up, do one. Ralph's got one, like, uh, and they're all, I enjoy watching the Muppets sing Christmas songs. Yeah, no, the the music in this is super solid, super solid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I stand by what I said also about that John Denver and Christmas yeah. and Muppets album. And I think some of the that songs... That is a Stone Cold classic, too. That it is. used to be around a lot more back when I was young. Um, yeah, same. It, it was like, you'd I mean, it'd come back into stores and be on an end cap immediately, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um and I think they cover some of the same tracks from that in this one, just minus John Denver, obviously. Right. John Denver is not in this special. But uh I mean, yeah, your your whole uh the, the the whole gambit of classic Christmas songs are covered from We Wish You a Merry Christmas mm-hmm. to uh, you know, Home for Christmas to Jingle Bell Rock. Uh right. um it, it's all it's all there. And and uh, that there's, I think there's a huge charm in that. And then again, I mean, I know we got we get back to this, but I think there's an originality here. I mean, you've got Jim Henson's voice, you've got Frank Oz, mm-hmm. um, and uh, obviously Carol Spinney, like all the original Sesame Street folks too. That and you don't have that also with a Very Merry or nope. a Letters to Santa, like 
um nothing against those folks but i mean it, it's just it's not it doesn't feel like my childhood you know and i know that doesn't matter to people watching today who weren't familiar with the 80s era muppets but it matters to me and that's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why this uh um yeah why why this uh movie hits me in the right way yeah no it, it definitely does and so. it's 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 pretty freaking funny too it's it's really well written, really I, highly written. Like the gags are pretty good, and I and had, uh, I, I was writing. I wrote down some lines that actually had me laughing pretty good. Like so, when right at the beginning, when uh, Fozzie's with his mom, and he's like, "Hey, you remember uh, Kermit?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, the lizard." Yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the good. lizard. Yeah. And then uh, Miss Miss Piggy calls uh, the house, and Animal answers, and he goes, "Ugh, yeah. pig." Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh! Like, give me presents! Give me presents! Yep. Uh, oh gosh! There's... And then yeah, Ugh, pig. <laughs> uh, the um, that there's a few more like when when Piggy goes, she's like, you know, she says something like, you know, Jerome got the limo stuck in the mud again. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'll be there soon. Don't worry. And she hangs up and then she walks out and she gets behind the cab. And she's like, and she's like, okay, like she's out there pushing it, like all the glamour right. from her is gone once she's off the phone with Kermie. And she's like, she's out there to push it, and she gets so badly sprayed with mud that mm-hmm. like all you see are the whites of her eyes. I I was like, I still giggle at that. That's oh, a good gag. It's it a good is. Gag. There's also like really nonchalant, but like they talk about there's like the snowflakes or something, and you hear the count from Sesame Street goes one snowflake. Two snowflakes, yeah. three. And it's like he's fucking counting the snowflakes. I thought was yeah. funny. Uh, and then when Fozzie wants to go outside, and they're like, he's like, it's not cold outside. And the snowman comes rushing. He's like, can I come in and warm up? He goes, okay, so it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's got. It, there are good. There are good moments here. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, icy patch is an, is a is a top notch gag. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the fact that anyone who walks in the door wipes out. Yep, and and every and the response is always, "Oh, careful for the icy patch." Yes. <laughs> like uh, I mean, it, that's like straight out of a, um, you know, a like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, like silent movie days. You know. Uh huh. Well, and there's a, the obvious gag that just got me when it happened too. With uh, so there's a turkey that shows up because it was invited the by turkey Chef and Gonzo's relationship. Yeah, and he tries to spin it over to Big Bird. Of course, is there. The chef's like, "Ooh." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then Big Bird like talks about and convinces Chef like Big Bird sings chestnuts roasting over the fire, which I swear was like a staple back in the day. Like I, I feel that's one of the moments I'm like, gosh, I remember this. I think I feel like I hear I would hear it on the radio even or something yeah. like the Big Bird yeah. rendition of that song. I'm like, yeah, that was somewhere ingrained in me. Oh yeah, Muppet I mean, Babies were in this too. Muppet Babies right. had a cameo. I forgot. That's right. Yeah. I I feel like one of the most charming things about this also uh is it it has all those like also kind of old questionable things from uh-huh. the 80s that would never fly now like Oscar kind of looking down in his can and being like, oh, "I've never had a rat in my can before." <laughs> or, or like or when uh when they were like send the chickens up to bed with Gonzo or something right. and and uh what's oh and like i mean i love the swedish chef 
but the fact that that's like kind of a culturally <laughs> insensitive portrayal mm-hmm. of like bumpsky bumpsky you know like like that's right. definitely making fun <laughs> of <laughs> of like an entire group of people but i what made me think of it right now when you said big bird and the chef like that is actually that is such a funny interaction the chef in need of a turkey like can't you know can't see the difference between Big Bird and the actual Christmas turkey, right? And believes that that Big Bird is there to be eaten uh, <laughs> is that's a very well played gag, I think, in this in this movie and in the show. And here's the thing too with the chef, though, if they they let's say the Muppets were going now and they do a chef, it would be a, a very angry, stirred British man that right talks to them. So. Maybe we look back at like, oh, Jesus. But maybe it was at time more endearing, acceptable, because uh, they maybe. would do it. They would just go yeah. for another stereotype now, which is the the sharp talking. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, British yeah. man, which so, we, we see in like there's a movie called The Menu out right now where Ray Fiennes does a mm-hmm. play on that type of thing. So I've seen that. Um, Like, I, I, I don't think Disney has abandoned the chef i mean it's it's still a character that 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 pops up places you know i mean um so and and so i'm fine with that like i Mm -hmm. I, i'm not complaining about the chef i just yeah i love that there's like some kind of like questionable well he probably came from you know he probably came from knowing where these muppets and people come from he probably came more so a parody of some sort of movie character before he was a parody of an entire people's. Like, I mean, the Count is obviously Bella Lugosi. It's Dracula. Right. He's not a, right. you know, this is what people from hung- Hungary are all like. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I would imagine it's not from, I don't feel like the Muppets were ever from a, much from a place of, uh, hatred or oh, something you know not from not. a that was a strong not. word to say hatred or yeah i don't even think it's a place of ignorance i just think it's a it's a place of very specific like the chef is a very specific person they're going after right. rather than a right. an entire bunch of people so I that, agree. yeah i don't think there's any yeah. kind of you know and if you if, if it offends it offends somebody and that's every right to be offended and speak about it but i just i think knowing who the creators were i don't think they there was ill will in the creation of it. And if you talk, point it out to them, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's that. But, um, yeah. Uh, well, well, I will just say, anyone watching who is out for a uh, something that they could watch with their kids, or it doesn't even matter if you have kids. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I was a college kid way past the age, like the target age for this special when it when it sort of charmed me into what my fandom now even though i saw it as a kid i i didn't remember it very well and it you know i i don't think it needs my point is i don't think it needs to stir up uh any feelings of nostalgia for you to feel good about it like if you've never seen it this is like this is the perfect thing for you and kids to find entertaining oh yeah and uh and it's just such a a pure uh, it's such a pure representation, a pure expression of why the Muppets are were and are great. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I'm definitely gonna revisit this again. 
maybe this year, maybe uh, next, definitely next year for sure. Uh, I, I do. Like Our kids one. watch it multiple, multiple times a holiday season. I'd say. Awesome. I make them, and sometimes they complain, but they always yeah. sit through it. <laughs> they always talk about it. So. Oh, I did notice. So it's got a very sweet uh, ending to it, though. Um, so like Santa shows up. During We Wish You Merry Christmas, that's when the uh, Jim Henson cameo comes to do the dishes. Yep. But uh, Kermit and Piggy wind up under the mistletoe, and she uh-huh. doesn't assault him. <laughs> I was waiting uh, for uh, instead, it. Instead, equally problematic, Kermit gifts her <laughs> a being. Yeah, a Basically, I don't want to say a slave. I don't yeah. want to say a slave. But it's like, look, people aren't gifts, man. But like Maureen the Mink uh, is as close as you're going to come to having a, to giving a person as a gift. And uh, and Piggy's totally here for it. <laughs> uh, so uh, there is a dark turn in the recording on YouTube. <laughs> so there's the, the sweet ending, all these Christmas songs, charming. And then the station continuity comes in and it goes... I'm Dr. Timothy Johnson. Later on Nightline, it's a controversy about life and death. Do you keep a doomed baby alive so its organs can be used to save the lives of others? <laughs> That's like, amazing. Was this the right program? To, and this was probably on at like eight. <laughs> like, was this the one to throw that on? But then, and then it comes back with "Stay tuned for Julie Andrews and the Sound of Christmas." Next, followed That's by amazing. followed by Truman Capote's Emmy-winning classic. A Christmas Memory, starring Geraldine Page. That's uh, funny. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> That's so good. I was like the whoa. I was like, I was like I like little old continuities because it kind of puts me in a mood, and it's a thing you don't see anymore, especially with streaming or whatever. You get a little window. It's like, hey, you might like this, or we're we're moving to this <laughs> next. Uh, but yeah, I was like, whoa, harvesting well, I, baby organs. What? It's hard for me to not think about the original airing of this and not i mean i know it came like almost 10 years after the original airing of the star wars Mm -hmm. holiday special but they both take me back to childhood and and i wasn't around for the original airing uh, of star wars holiday special it only aired that once it was done. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the the feel that what we were talking about, the feel like you can find, I think you can find at least a while back you could on YouTube clippings of that with like commercials still in Yeah, you can get the full broadcast. It's awesome. Right. I did an episode uh, on that my first year for the show. Um, Jen Eads and I did that, the Star Wars holiday special. She'd never seen it before. I'm like, oh, I'm going to show it to you. We watch it every year in this house. When I say we, me, and everyone else just happens to be. Can they make it through the whole thing? That's uh... so. My commitment is, I say to myself, I'm like, I am watching this every Mm -hmm. year, and sometimes I'm doing work at the same time. Whatever. I mean, uh, because it is comically awful. No, it's the dumpy '70s Christmas, like I was talking about before, and it's. And some of, the, I mean, and it's just, and it's really bad. Like that's that's the thing. It's got that sweet Boba Fett cartoon sn- like snuck inside of it, but it's it's bad. Like it's well, a, and I I don't mean to compare Muppet Family Christmas like quality wise to because Muppet Family Christmas is so tightly written. It's so charmingly portrayed for us. The music is 
is A plus. You know, like that's everything that the Star Wars special is. The Star Wars one's like two hours too, isn't it? Uh, it's long, it and is, yeah. I, I don't remember how exactly long, but it's long. But it's like everything I just said. It's not charmingly mm-hmm. presented. It, the music at downright is terrible. Oh, that's yeah. the only like that's the only terrible funny part. The rest is just terrible, terrible. You know. Yeah. I guess you can call some of the Wookiee conversations no, terrible. It funny. is bizarre. The Wookiee stuff. Yeah. It's just. It's because yeah. you feel like you're watching some sort of like David Lynch thing going on because there's yeah. no. I I calculate it's like over ten minutes before a human speaks English. Right. Like, what was that? What was the? What was the thought of in like with ratings there? Like you're gonna have a show that's all in a foreign language with no subtitles, <laughs> like a, and no these weird subtitles. things are. <laughs> and there's the grandpa yeah. one that just looks like it's going to eat somebody in a few <laughs> I seconds. Love that and grandpa. It's, I love that grandpa. Oh yeah, never forget. Yeah. But um, I really yeah. do think that you know it's out there. And you just, Lucasfilm really just needs to bite the bullet, restore it, and show it to us in its original glory. Just. It's time. Agree. It's time. Put well, it on Disney Plus. What's it gonna What's it gonna harm having the holiday special on Disney Plus? Well, so I so but my point was I felt like that that it is a sibling to the the Muppet Family Christmas in the sense that it's it'll transport you back. There you go. You know, it, yeah. it'll take you it'll take you back to a time when just like we were saying earlier, to a time when you see something and. TV guide and you say this is going to be my Thursday night this is going to be my Friday night yep. my mom had a my mom had a, a paper list that she hung up on the fridge that she'd keep track of all the airings of holiday specials and I remember as a child being like fearful that I was going to miss Frosty because it was such a part of our mm-hmm. uh, uh, of our traditions every year, and if I missed it, that was it for the year. I wasn't. You had to, to yeah. You again. had to wait till the next year. You had to wait. Only right. one network could air it back. Then. Right. Exactly. So if we were doing something that Friday night, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna miss uh, Frosty. I'm gonna miss uh, Rudolph. Like mm-hmm. you know, that was trouble. You know. I hear. Um, you. I was the same but, way. Like, uh, you had it. Like when they gonna show those. Gotta hit that that one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I Muppet Family Christmas, I could not love anymore. And um I hope I hope someone comes after me for the Muppet Christmas Carol thing. I also love Muppet Christmas Carol, but yep. it's not the same. It's not not, the, not same. the same. Not the same. Yep. I I fully endorse this as well. But um that'll that'll do press um for this one. I appreciate uh you picking this out and coming on to talk about it. Um, no problem. And you will be back to uh, score the summer of 93 at 30 again this summer. Um, yeah. Waiting for the, can't wait to hear the hit jingle. Um, but uh, where can people keep up with you this holiday season? What you got going on? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm my main method of contact is, is over on Instagram. You can find me at, at press max and P R E S M A X S O N. I'm on Facebook, my author page, like it's Press Maxon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do a little bit of music uh, and kind of push books in, in both those places. Uh, I'm, I am I know you mentioned Twitter earlier. I, I have my Twitter account. I am like mostly retired from Twitter these days, but I, I, I happen to have it active right now because I got some work stuff to do for it. But um, I mean, through the holidays, season that's where you can find me beyond the holiday season like you said i can't wait to 
to play a small part in the success of Summer of 93 of 30. But mm-hmm. don't forget to catch me on this show uh, yeah. this coming in 2023 <laughs> when we talk about Club Dread, the greatest broken lizard movie of oh, all time. Oh, okay. Okay. Club Dread. All right. <laughs> There we go. I love it. I love it. I was waiting. I was like, what's coming he going to... sometime. Where is he going to put, put himself next? Where is he going to do Coming sometime it? in 2023, whenever Brandon <laughs> needs needs uh, to, to put one in there and there's some, another guest cancels <laughs> or something. We're talking Club Dread. Club and, Dread. All right. And I did not stutter the greatest thing that Broken Lizard has ever done. All right. All right. Mark you know, my words. Okay. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Someone made a beer... Uh, fest reference to me uh, like a week or so ago and i didn't i was like what they're beer fest? i'm like oh yeah i, I saw that in the that's a good one a i mean beer ago. fest is a really good one yes but. um wow okay club dread it is uh <laughs> look forward to that one because uh, it's a slasher comedy there you go uh and mm-hmm. i'm on twitter and instagram at bread for qhd written work at whysoblue.com might i put the cap here at tim burton series but before then if you're a christmas enthusiast have a merry one a joyful Kwanzaa to those of you celebrating that one. Um, happy Boxing Day. And yes, a belated Hanukkah to all you who celebrate it. That's exactly what I was about to wish people. Enjoy your holiday season. And it's okay if I'm up at Family Christmas isn't a part of it. I just hope everyone's with family and or people that they love to right. be around, not working too hard, and enjoying a little slower season than sometimes some of the other seasons can right. feel. And for those of you who just hate this fucking time of year, I hope you get through it with a smile on your face best you can. I get it. Same. Same. (laughs) So, yeah. Happy holidays from Press and Brandon here at the Brandon Peters Show. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.